This morning's Old Testament reading comes from 2 Kings chapter 2. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel, and the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You've asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's epistle reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains uplifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 
Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand now for our Alleluia in verse. Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved son, listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Here we are, the ending of the Epiphany season once again. We get to hear the story of Jesus' transfiguration, him being lit up, as it were, but not with a reflection of light, but because of who he is, he is the light. I mean, we know in John's Gospel, we hear that Jesus is the light of the world. In him we see both God and ourselves for how we really are. For the Lord Jesus is the light and the truth. And today we see illustrated in a most dramatic way. We see shining glory, how Jesus really shines 
and lights up our lives. You know, back in the 1970s, there was a, a song that became a big hit. You know, you light up my life. You know, uh, it was just, it was like the ultimate wedding song, right? I mean, it just kind of came and, and was a big part of that. I think it was sung by Debbie Boone. And, you know, as, you know, as I thought about today, that song kept going through my head. And, you know, it reminded me that we can't shine without Jesus. We can't light up anything without Jesus. And, you know, in our opening hymn, it talked about seeing the martyrs all around and how they fire us for the fight. Again, without Jesus, there is no firing, no light, no truth. Light and truth tend to go together. You and I, we see that as we show the opposite things, right? Darkness, deceit, peril. And all of us are aware of the problem of darkness. Most of us have stumbled in the dark at one time or another and have a healthy and proper fear of darkness, especially in unfamiliar situations and environments where danger can be anticipated. Scripture speaks of spiritual light and darkness, and it warns us in this way. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Ironically, you and I can also be blinded by the light. Certainly, the things of this world are always trying to get our attention to help us to see, you know, that we are not perfect, but all we need is one glorious prob, you know, problem-solving lotion, and all of a sudden, all your worries will go away. You know, how many times have we seen the commercials for that special stuff you put on your face right underneath your eyes? And all the wrinkles just magnificently all fade away. Okay, just in the nick of time, there is that focus on our imperfection and a way to get around it. You see, but the problem with all those products are that they wear off. And guess what? The next morning you wake up and you look the same as you did the next, the previous one. For better, for worse, right? And so you and I, we tend to be pulled in all these directions in our life. But yet, there is a light that does not compare to any other light. And that is the light of God. We remember in creation, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Light separated from the darkness, and so it was. And so also, our Lord Jesus, who was there at the beginning, is also light. He is the one who brings light into this darkness. Because this darkness of this world was made to happen when Adam and Eve sinned and rebelled against God's command. 
And so you and I, we understand that the temptation that took place in the garden was nothing less than Satan trying to get his claws into God's stuff. And Satan was victorious that day because Adam and Eve fell into sin. They turned away from the light to go into the dimness of their own power and strength because they wanted to be like God. We know the outcome of that. We know that they were barred from the garden, that there was a fiery sword of cherubim that prohibited them from going back. And we know, too, that throughout the time of God's people, there have been times of great darkness, and there have been times when light has made its appearance. We certainly see that. We see that as we recall Moses and Elijah, as Jesus was talking to them in our gospel today. We see that Moses and Elijah, two of the Old Testament really great prophets who were really understanding of God's presence and his light. I mean, for heaven's sakes, I mean, Moses would go up and go up on the mountain and he would talk to God and God would show himself, guess what, in light in a fiery bush. Yet the bush was not consumed. And as Moses talked, his face started to reflect some of that glory, of that light of God. And when he came back down, the people saw his face shining, and it scared them because they knew that that was proof that he'd been with God. And they didn't want God to be seen among them because they had sinned. They'd done what is evil. So Moses covered his face with a veil. Now, because of sin in our world, many cannot see the light of God because we turn ourselves away from anything that might show us the truth. We don't want the truth, really. We don't want to know about those wrinkles on our face. We don't want to know about those wrinkles in our soul, those things that we do habitually that we know are wrong for us. We don't want to admit to those. We don't even want to think about them. We just want to enjoy it and go on. And yet... God does not leave us there. God does not leave us alone. He speaks words that bring truth and light. He shows us what love looks like. He shows us a very image of God in its fullness. And there on the mountain of transfiguration, you see Jesus bright as the sun showing forth the glory that is his as God. No longer hidden 
And then the cloud envelops them. I, when I think about this, I get goosebumps because I can't even imagine what it must have been like to be there. And here comes this cloud and whoosh. And Jesus, you know, Elijah, Moses, and Peter trying to say words that he didn't know what he's saying, which is not unusual. And then, you know, the voice speaks out of the cloud. Now, if we needed any other further information today, I mean, pay attention when a voice comes to you out of a cloud, okay? Especially when that voice is saying, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Validation to show that Jesus has been given the authority to proclaim God's news. That Jesus is the one and only Son of God. The one whom God sent to redeem his people. You know, it's no wonder that this reading comes to us at the end of the Epiphany season, because Epiphany is meant to be a season of light, where God's power and authority and truth and love come on us like a flickering of a light and our lights come on you know it's like there we go eureka epiphany right we get it that god has shown himself in his son jesus and not just shown us but got involved with us taking us to task, yes, for the things that we've done wrong, but also saying, I love you, I forgive you, and I am going to take care of your enemies for you. Because, you know, you can't do it yourself. And so in Jesus, we see the manifestation of God's truth proclaimed. God's truth and his light shine forth. Many still in this world turn their heads, go the other direction, don't want to be a part of that. But you and I, we're drawn to the light. Kind of like moths to the flame. But not for our death, but for our life. We come to the light of God as he has shown himself in his holy word. As we receive his word into our heart, it actually parts the shadows and brings life and vitality to our lives. And this Jesus, you know, you don't always have to go to a mountaintop to encounter him. Just open up your Bible and there he is, where he's promised to be. That he is there in the power of his word. And that word is truth. That word shows us as we look and follow in these weeks to come the walk of Jesus as he heads to Jerusalem to take care of our enemies for us to handle death and the devil. You see, he goes out of his way to show that those wrinkle creams are a false <coughs> advertisement because they don't always take everything away forever. 
but God's love does. It is new for us every morning. He continually covers us with his love. What a wondrous God we have. And you know, to validate Jesus as if we needed any other validation, we see Moses and Elijah there on the mountain, the great prophets of God. And they are there to give testimony, to be witnesses that God, what he had planned is now taking place. And so that Peter, James, and John would know that God doesn't forget his promises but keeps them always. So today, on this Transfiguration Day, we thank God that he comes to us in the midst of darkness, takes our hands, brings us into the light and love of his mercy, that he individually touches us, cleanses us, And it's the culmination, really, of our baptism, right? That gift of forgiveness in God's presence in our lives. That seal which God has placed upon us as a guarantee. And you know, if God guarantees something, that's a pretty good promise, isn't it? So today, may we all be reminded of God's love that changes us, makes us more than we were before. Because while we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, which was you and me. And yet, even in the midst of our ungodliness, God still loved us and wanted us to be with him. And so his great love is shown that He sent his son to take on the sins of the world. All of the sins. Yours and mine. Even the darn unbelievers. Their sin too is paid for in full. So may you and I today, as we enter into Lent and see more closely the great love that God has for us, may we Just be amazed. Amazed at what God has done. That he has such love for his people. Such love for you and I. That he takes us, washes us, tenderly keeps us close to him. That we might always be in the light. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.